Ragbag presents I Like the Sound, a celebration of the sound of things. I like the sound. I like the sound. I like the sound. That's a beautiful sound. That's a really beautiful sound. A celebration of the sound of things. That's a beautiful sound. That's a really beautiful sound. I like the sound of languages. Languages I don't speak. Words I don't recognize. Vocal techniques that will take me years to master. I like the sound of the mysterious music of the spoken word. I like the sound of indecipherable chattering, alien, but also human. This week we're talking to a bunch of cool people about languages. Let's start by hearing from the musician and sonic autobiographer, Colour. It's kind of interesting to listen to a person talking in a language that you're not familiar with. And you just kind of, uh, you know, if you're in like a, a foreign country, for example, and you're surrounded by people who are talking different languages and you don't speak their language, but you can just kind of sit there and listen to it. Quite often, it's just a really nice sound. I, I agree. I, there's been a couple of moments in my life when I remember I was in Lyon, France, and I was visiting a friend there, and there's a good number of French folk in when I would visit in Germany, at least there'd be a couple Germans who would want to practice their English and start and see me not being able to speak in German. And then they would start talking in English to me. But when I was in France, all the French, they, everyone knew each other. So they were all just very comfortable and they just kept talking in French. And it was that, it, there was that moment, like you, like you said, I definitely like heard and listened. I could hear the beauty in the language. But then I also felt this like real uh, emptiness and real kind of isolation of it too by even though i could hear them and i could like guess and stuff there was still this like unknown of it of of then the fact that i was ignorant to it kind of instilled a little bit of fear in me but i'm sure you know that was just one one day but it was you know it got frustrated if you don't know the language but i generally agree with that too because i love listening to music I particularly, I like listening to like Indian raga music and other Indian music where I can hear a beautiful singing. I have no idea what they're saying, but I can, I can just hear it. And it, it jogs my brain in a different way than if I knew what they were saying. Like I can focus on other tasks really easily when I know that or when I hear when I hear people talking, but I don't know they're or singing, but I don't know what they're saying, and I actively am like letting it just be <laughs> instead of like trying to trying to like be in a conversation with it, right? Like I'm not I'm not trying to learn the language as I'm hearing it. I like to listen to that sound too, even if I don't know what's going on or um, if it's beautiful. But I mean, I've definitely heard it where I get frustrated again. You know, like I said, where it's not as beautiful, but. Um, generally, 
when it comes to that, I almost prefer sometimes, depending on the situation, what kind of headspace or what kind of cognitive outcome I want is dependent upon what language, you know, or even style of music or combination of, of sounds and stuff that are being, being, being done by a human or, or of English or not, but. I, I got into, it, it took me a long time, I think, because I, I don't think I was, I must have been well into my 20s when I first started properly listening to songs that were not being sung in an English language. Um, because I, up until that point, I just assumed that that wasn't for me and it wasn't, it's kind of, it's, it wasn't intended for my ears, you know. Um, but I got to a point where I took, well, I'll, I'll just try this out and, and um, see if I like it, you know, and I just started listening to kind of African music and Latin American stuff, all that sort of thing. And I, I just I really got into it and I really enjoyed kind of the experience of just hearing a human voice that was not yeah. you know, intelligible, but it conveys an emotion with music. It's a thing where like you can hear that you can hear what the person's saying and you can you can kind of grasp what the song is about, even mm -hmm. if you don't understand a single word that's being said, because the, there's a certain kind of emotional element to that where you can where the the emotion behind the song comes across. And you know, may, maybe it's just gibberish as well. <laughs> maybe they're just singing random words. In, in the African language, but um, it, it doesn't that really matter. Have you heard that, that gibberish song by the Italian guy, uh, Adriano Celentano, Celentano, I think his name oh, is? Oh, it's, it's very funny you should mention that. Um, yeah. I, I included that in the episode one of I Like the Sound <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah. It features that song. Yeah, it's a perfect example where, like, I hear that song and I'll be like, "Hey, yeah, I like this." <laughs> like, I, I know he's not saying anything, and I'm sure I know his specific audience is really like understanding. It's like an inside joke almost of like someone, right, an Italian making fun of American English because I'm sure they're hearing so many, you know. And that's what I thought was strange too when I was in when I'd be traveling around Europe when I was years ago at this point, but. I'd be hearing in France and stuff. I'd be hearing American and English music pretty strongly like throughout, um, throughout wherever I'd go, you know, granted I was, I wasn't going into the back countries and stuff as much and hanging around with people who had more, maybe more interest in that style, those styles of music. But um, even like going to some clubs, like in uh, there was, there's playing old American, like, deep cuts of like old rock and roll and old jazz and old like um soul music and stuff and it was just like wow that's like i mean i love this music but it's like i wonder how everyone feels although most of the folks i was with probably did understand english and did speak it so it's a unique yeah it's definitely a unique thing to have so many so many english songs everywhere dominating the you know culture in western world so much I've also spoken to the composer John Bartman about his experience of languages in South Africa. So South Africa's got a lot of languages. I'm English and I speak Afrikaans, which just sounds like Dutch, but actually most of the black people here speak uh, Zulu and Xhosa. So to say the name of the language, you actually need to make a click sound. It's called Xhosa. 
Uh, and just nice. that word, anything with that click in it sounds awesome. It's like calling a horse like, like that. Um, and then there's this one very famous song by uh, Miriam Makeba, a South African singer. And uh, it's called Ukwicha um, Lendlela. And Ukwicha means doctor. And then there's, the song is called the click song because the person who wrote it has, got, has gone and picked out all of these words with this click sound and made a song out of it. So the, the first line of the song goes, <laughs> which sounds beautiful to me, you know. Well, most, I mean, most of South Africans from my ilk, which is like, you know, white English or Afrikaans speaking South Africans can't pronounce those words like I just did. I just happen to study them and have an interest in sound. But most people get very embarrassed when, you know, like you meet someone, she's like, hi, my name's Kakamba. <laughs> and if she's black and you're white, then you just, she'll probably just say to you, just, just call me Q, it's fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Actually, no, I can say your name, Kakamba. Like, <laughs> and then she'll, then she'll be, be like, oh, I don't know, you speak closer. And that's a lot of friendly people. If you just put a little bit of effort into the language around here, you get a lot of, uh, get a lot of mileage out of it. I've always been impressed by people who can speak more than one language. I'm stuck with just the one at this moment in time. Let's hear how many languages electronic music creator Neo Geo can speak. I speak a few. Uh, mainly Danish, English, and French, but I'm also studying German and Italian and Spanish and Russian and Greek and a little bit of Chinese and Arabic as well, uh, because these are languages of some of my friends and family members. And I simply found that the more you can communicate with someone in a normal daily type of way, instead of having to always get into specific subjects or even just simple subjects because you don't know the language any better, if you can just share a random any day event, it really makes you know someone else so much better. That's good. How many was that again? Let's tally up the score here. Frank Burton won. Neo Geo. Uh, mainly Danish, English and French, but I'm also studying German and Italian and Spanish and Russian and Greek. And a little bit of Chinese. And Arabic. I can talk backwards though. Yeah. There you go. That's impressive, isn't it? Let's hear from another one of my favourite musicians, Asher. My mom, we had a dog growing up. His name was Scooter, but my mom is Polish. And uh, she used to call him Puppik, which is like not a real word at all all it was just like puppy but with like a little polish like ending so now like i always think of my dog and i'm like oh yeah puppet and i'm like that's what that's not his name but <laughs> that's what she called him <laughs> do you speak the polish language yourself i yes i do i'm not uh, good at it i it's, it yeah. was my first language but now i've been living you know i'm so americanized uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that 
I've been trying to like relearn and get better as an adult because adult Polish is much different than like when I was a child, like child Polish is like, you know, easy stuff. But now it's like trying to have deep conversations with someone is very challenging. And I have to like learn how to do that and think in that language. My, I had a friend when I was a kid who um, he had like Polish parents. And um, when he used to go around to his house and his mum was talking, talking in Polish to her friends, and uh, I just found it really interesting that the um, the way that the language, because I didn't understand a single word of what she was saying. And it was just, um, it sounded to me like she was talking really, really fast. You know, mm-hmm. it was just really, really kind of machine gun quick. Yeah. You know? But, um, but is, is that, was that just my interpretation of it? Or is that language, it, do people just talk fast? <laughs> I feel like any language you listen to that you don't know sounds really fast. Like anytime I hear someone speaking Spanish, I'm like, they are speaking so quickly, you know? But there are tons of people who speak English very quickly and I'm always true, like, true. slow down, you know? But uh, well, Polish is just like, all the words are just so much, I feel like they're so long, but you can also, there are some times where you could say an entire sentence with like one word <laughs> because of the way that the, the word ends, you know, like what the person is saying. So it's just like, it's a very interesting language, but I think it's also a very difficult language to speak, like to make some of those sounds is very challenging. So that's another like aspect of like, learning how to like really speak this language again is like being able to make those sounds with my mouth <laughs> actually you yeah. know it's funny i will tell you a little tidbit there was this guy that i found on the internet that um is a beatboxer and he was using polish phrases to teach people how to beatbox and there was one phrase in particular that in english it means like why do you have or why do you need cabbage and in polish it's uh so it's like and I'm like that's I was teaching people, this Korean guy was teaching people how to do beatboxing using Polish phrases. Like I remember in college, I took Mandarin for like a year. And at the end of it, I was, I could like say whole sentences and like write whole like oh, yeah. paragraphs in Chinese characters. Now I like forget all of it. But at the time I was like, this seems easier to me than Polish, which is crazy because people say Mandarin is one of the hardest languages. But I think because Polish is so hard, I was like, this is fine. <laughs> but there are so many like weird sounds like but also some of it reminded me of French like there was a little sound that was similar to French so I was like okay I can like kind of get that <laughs> you know you can t- find some kind of similarities I have a friend yeah. from college who moved to I forget where in China but now not only does he like speak it he's a comedian he's totally white and moved <laughs> without having any knowledge in mandarin and now he does like comedy acts like full stand-up in wow. mandarin yeah <laughs> well that's a challenge yeah 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 because it's a challenge to be funny i mean you know um I, I could probably say a few uh sentences in french for example i wouldn't be able to stand up and tell a joke uh, yeah. <laughs> in front of a french audience <laughs> that'd be compl- a completely different ball game mm-hmm. or even yeah. just like sing a song like 
I don't even know if I'd feel comfortable like and I took French for years like singing a full French song my accent is terrible like they'd be like what are you saying <laughs> Now let's hear from the video game composer, Chris Christodoulou. When I was in, in Holland, my immediate reaction was, oh, this is a horrible language. It, ha it sounds horrible. And uh, after being there for four years, now whenever I listen to, to Dutch people, I'm like, ah, so beautiful. Just because I remind you of the time that I was there. And I, don't, I no longer feel that it sounds bad. You know, this is a weird transformation that has happened my head when my immediate instinct in the beginning was that that, that doesn't sound good and the, and the weird thing is that I don't speak Dutch I just hear Dutch I don't uh, I'm not I'm not a speaker I don't under, I barely understand it I can sort of understand it if I see it written and take my time and when I when people if, uh, if a Dutch person speaks to me I will probably not understand what they say but it still sounds good to me because it was around my ears all the time. Let's hear from Kola again. I was thinking about that the other day, about like the first people who must have come up with abstract thought through sound. You know, just be like when one sound equals a thought and how you're supposed to articulate that through sound and stuff and how like the f language being developed for the first time even in its, especially in its most rudimentary sense, it's like, I don't know. It, it's hard for me to, to envision that kind of world. It just seems to take it so for granted, you know, that everyone can communicate through these languages and stuff. But the history of language and, and all that is always really fascinating, especially, you know, pre-written language. It's, it's great. I don't know. I mean, it's not documented, obviously, but there there must have been a first word said by humanity. You know, if you, you talk yeah. about the first word said by a baby, but um, for the first word said by the whole of humanity will have been uttered at some point. And I wonder what word that was, and I wonder what it meant to the person who was saying it. Yeah, it was probably food, sex, sleep. I don't know, one of those. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably pretty obvious. Maybe, or, or it could just be because of, obviously um, the person who said it must have been quite uh, or, a cut above the average he, intelligence. Yeah. So maybe they were uh, communicating some kind of uh, philosophical idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, why? People might maybe people started speaking in gibberish first, right? I, mean, I don't know, like babies. Yeah, 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 I guess so. Yeah, I mean that that's exactly what that's what exactly what a baby would do. Yeah. Yeah, experiments. Yeah. As a whole um, history, as a as a species, maybe you know we we could maybe extrapolate from a baby's experience and imagine that you know maybe we're just learning our language and at one point we were like a baby and just making things up and we can get it like you can understand like a baby when they're saying some things or at least like you know pointing and like you said articulating emotion. So it's just maybe you know maybe it wasn't even words maybe it was just like vowel sounds you know and like you know they categorize certain things or inflections or tone you know maybe yeah, you know, there's a lot yeah. of languages with lots of tone and and I, yeah i don't know you probably would have to look back at old language right like the oldest oldest written language might give you a little point 
point you in the direction of maybe what it would be like old Sanskrit or whatever the earliest language, but I, I don't know. It's so old. How do you even know how things are pronounced? It's crazy. The whole thing is, uh, it's, uh, I'm sure we have some memory of it as a species, right? We have to have some sonic memory of languages of the past, like Tolkien, you know, he, he said that he would, he would hear languages like he's, he studied languages or whatever. And he, he said, like an artist hears melodies, I hear languages. And so he would come up with his own languages and then made books and stories and narratives based on these old languages. And he, he believed that he was, you know, in contact with the, with the fae and the fairies and all that stuff and old, and that he was, he was hearing old human languages that were, might've been forgotten. Oh, I mean, okay. So know, he, he, from his point of view, he wasn't just kind of making the whole thing up. He was kind of connecting to this other world that was, he, he believed was a real thing that existed. From my understanding of, yes, yeah, some of his work that I've been reading on, uh, yeah, his, the source of, of his creativity, a lot of it came from just hearing, like, and I heard that one statement of, oh, like a, like a musician hears melodies. And it was just like, wow, I mean, that makes sense because music is a language in itself too, you know, on the def, the classical definition of the word. And so if he's able to hear that, I mean, that's what it seemed like he wanted to tap into really old, really old languages or, cause that's what he studied. So imagine when you have a, a great deep understanding of language as much as he did, I would ima imagine it's not too hard to, for your brain to just, you know, fill in the blanks because you already got the you already got some of the algorithm right to, or some of the puzzle pieces to put it all together or at least try in different combinations and come up with Elvish and all this other things and <laughs> I when you wonder how his pronunciation of his own language is <laughs> you know what I mean I'm sure there was other people that spoke it better than him. I like the sound of languages. I like swimming in a sea of other people's words. I like the sound of unfamiliarity. I like the sound of the unknown. I like the sound of the after effects of foreign crowd noises echoing through my head in the quiet of my hotel room. I like the sound of me talking backwards. I can really do it, you know. Great party trick. I Like the Sound was written, presented and produced by myself, Frank Burton. My guests this week are a simply incredible mix of amazing talent. I can't believe I've actually gathered all these people together in this way. Here we go. Extra special thanks to this week's contributors. Colour, John Bartman... Neo Geo, Asher, and Chris Christodoulou. Every single one of them will be back talking about different aspects of sounds in future episodes. I cannot stress this strongly enough. Please do check out the links in the show notes to each of these artists. There's a whole world of music out there. Please do get stuck in. Also, at various times in both the past and the future, each of this week's guests have appeared on my other podcast, Ragbag, which is a brilliant thing in itself. 
my website is frankburton.co.uk. I currently have three books available to buy. The short story collection, A History of Sarcasm, the novel 100, and the first in the Ragbag series of novels, Everything I Am. The second one will be out very soon. The audiobook version is available on Bandcamp. Please do share this show around, subscribe, give us a rating and review. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Ragbag Presents. Follow us. Let us know what you like the sound of. I will see you soon. <laughs>